as we come today to the readings. The readings are filled, the first and second, I mean the first and the gospel go hand in hand, you know, as normal. Every week the first reading and the gospel are planned to coincide and to agree with one another. The second reading, of course, just goes, it follows along. So 1 Corinthians, and we go right to the book of Corinthians. So usually that one doesn't fit in. And today is another example it doesn't fit in. Except for the reality that Paul is talking about, well, let's look at Paul first before we go into the, uh, it's 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And 1 Corinthians 15 is where he talks a lot about uh, the resurrection of the dead and the glorification of the body. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, he talks about, oh, so much. <laughs> but here he tells me in verse 12, chapter 15, verse 12 of 1 Corinthians, tell me, if Christ is preached as raised from the dead, how is it that some of you are saying there's no resurrection? So he's putting up the argument there are some people in the Corinth community who say they're followers of Jesus Christ, but are preaching there is no resurrection from the dead. So he's trying to deal with this problem, you know, because it's a very strong problem. You know, there are there is ministers in that who don't believe in heaven or the resurrection. And it just, you know, this study a few uh, years ago, and it just blew my mind. <laughs> if there is no resurrection from the dead, Christ himself has not been raised, and if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is void of content and your faith is empty too. Indeed, we should then be exposed as false witnesses. If, uh, let's go on though. And if Christ, verse 17, and if Christ was not raised, your faith is worthless. You are still in your sins and those who have fallen asleep in Christ are the deadest of dead. If our hopes in Christ are limited to this life only, we are the most pitiful of men. Now, can there be anything more clear in what Paul is saying here? That the central truth of our belief is that Jesus Christ isn't dead, he's alive. You know, so what we talk about here every week, we just don't talk and recall and read the readings about when Jesus was around 2,000 years ago. We have an encounter with the risen Lord Jesus Christ. Again, this weekend on my retreat, and there was three of our members there this weekend on our tech retreat. The full purpose of a tech retreat is to encounter Christ, T-E-C, to encounter Christ. And the first thing that ever hits a person who doesn't know Christ, even though, and let's be honest here, there are people that are Catholic all their lives that have never known Jesus Christ. There are people who call themselves Christian all their lives who have never had a personal encounter with Jesus Christ. All you got to do in reality is look at the paper for this one. This yesterday's paper, the pagans, they had in the, in the religious section about, they asked 700 Catholics. Now, first of all, when someone asks 700 Catholics, what does that mean? That means someone who was baptized and calls themselves Catholics. And then they ask them about things of the faith, which just drives me crazy. Because in reality, just because you're a baptized Catholic, confirmed Catholic, doesn't make you a true Catholic. They should ask the people that are paying the bills and are at Mass every Sunday, ask them what they believe. But no, they call someone up and 700 people and they say, are you Catholic? Yes. Would you answer some questions for us? And of these people who did that, at least it was okay. They asked 20-year-olds to 39-year-olds, 
what was essential. Now listen to this line. Oh, it drives me crazy. Helping the poor and believing Jesus Christ's present Eucharist are essential to being Catholic. Praise God, okay? What is not essential? They're asking people what is not essential in the faith. What is not essential? Celibate male priest, teachings that oppose death penalty or support for organized labor. Now, you can't ask anybody. If, you, if Christianity is taken down to what we believe is essential, then throw it out. It's garbage. If Christianity is based on what I think is essential, it is nothing. It doesn't matter what I think is essential. See, that's what Paul's saying. Now listen, he's, you know, I love Paul because he could talk about how great love is and then he could want to <laughs> come at people. Are you stupid? Do you hear him today saying, if you don't believe in the resurrection of the dead, just because some people don't believe in the resurrection of the dead, then we are the most pitiful of all people. If that's all there is, if our life and our faith in Jesus Christ is only in this life, then we are the most foolish of people, and the people who have died are as dead as dead can be. So first of all, we need to set the stage for this before we can get in the first two readings. That first, that there is a resurrection of the dead, Christ rose from the dead, and because of that, we are no longer dead in our sins, by God's grace. They have been taken away forever, and Jesus Christ, who did that and took away our sins, then we now look for our own resurrection. Huh? This world is not our home. We're just passing through. In the last two weeks, I have been part of more burials, and I've had to bury more people than I, want, than I have in my whole life. It's been most horrible week with that. There was a friend who died this past Monday night, or Tuesday night, who was only 51 years old. He was healthy on Monday and dead on Tuesday. Boom. And as we were there, and he, they called me, and I said, oh, he's going to be fine. I anointed him because, of course, the readings and the, the Lord says, are there sick people among you? Let them send for the priests of the church. Let the priests lay hands on them, anoint them with oil, and they shall be made well. And so the woman says, Father, would you please lay hands on my son? I was sure. And I laid hands, and I anointed him with oil, and then I left, I said, he's going to be fine. I left, I, they called me right back down. He just coded again, Father. And as I was there, he coded three times, and then finally he went to be with the Lord. And very frustrated with that, huh? And I'm sitting there and literally yelling at God all the way home. I'm crying and yelling at God, you know, Lord, you said, da 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 If we lay hands, if we anoint them with oil, I told them you'd be, they'd be okay. I put my faith in you. I trusted in you. And listen, you took them away. It doesn't make me look good. <laughs> That's what I said. You know, I said, how can I be trying? I know, see, it's all about me, huh? But in reality, as I sat there and I came back, I was meeting with the kids from prep. We started, we have a male, uh, uh, prayer group every Tuesday night. And I walked in there, and you know, my eyes are still red, and the guys are kind of like, what's wrong with Father? And I said, gentlemen, I just lost a friend of mine. And I said, so let's pray. And so we're all in a circle, and we had a good crew that night. And as we were praying, I said, okay, let's just go to the Lord and see what he has to say. And I opened the scripture. And as I opened the scripture and I looked down, he said, this day you will be with me in paradise. You know, that that's what it's about, huh? 
that so who is the most blessed of people? The one who lives to be 106 or the one who gets to go home at 51? If we believe in the resurrection, if we believe that heaven is all that says that it is, if we believe that paradise is paradise, then when a person goes before us, we rejoice in that. Though it is sad for us, as it was for Lazarus, Jesus when Lazarus died. He wept. But this world is not our home. And I think sometimes the Lord, when he calls people home, it's just to remind us also, listen, this isn't it. Don't grasp onto this life as if it's home. Your home is with me in heaven, and I just took your son, your father, your mother, your brother to be with me, and I have a place for you. Now, if we can take life and put it in that perspective, that this world is not our home, that we're just passing through, then the gospel makes sense to us. Because the gospel talks about a be happy attitude, and the first reading talks about cursed are those who trust in men. Because why? All men are going to die, and so are we. So to trust in this, the men of the earth, the women of the earth, the things of this earth, you are cursed because you're going to have it all taken away from you one day. And what our security then is in something which is transitory, something that we can cling to. If you know, there's this, uh, uh, a technique we use when we're giving a retreat, not in tech, but other retreats, where you sit there and you tell people, write four of the four most important things you love in your life and write them on a piece of paper. And they write all these things, da 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 And then I go up to them and say, okay, now you have to give up one, give up one of those things. And very reluctantly, they drop one. Okay, now you need to give up another. And very reluctantly, they have to give up another. I say, now you have two. You've got to make a choice. You must give up one of those things you choose. And then they give up the final thing. And then I say, now you have that one thing left in your hand. If that one thing can be taken away from you, then all your security is not. You will never have peace because you are not clinging to and loving above all things something which is secure. So what is it that we cling to and love the most? And if anything that we cling to and love the most is anything other than God, who is the only security, the resurrection, then we will never have peace in our life because our building is built on sand. The life that we live is built on insecurity. It is not built on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. And what we need to do is to think about how do I live my life? And that's why the Beatitudes reach into our hearts and turn our world upside down and say, you see the way everybody lives? <laughs> it is not to be that way for you. They live in the world as if the world's their home. It's not. If you and I are taking, we have to walk to California, we're not going to take all this junk with us. We are just going to take what we need and go forward. If you and I are walking and heading towards our home in heaven, then everything we have should only be helping us get there, not keeping us from it. And so when, Jesus, when Luke, he's much different here. In Matthew's Gospel, in the Sermon on the Mount, he says, Blessed are those who are poor in spirit. The reign of God is there. Nah. That ain't what Paul, Luke says. He said, blessed are the 
poor. <laughs> Very simple. The Anawim, the little ones, the ones who have no security, the ones who just know that the only thing they got is Jesus Christ. Today, the readings challenge us and ask us, what is it that we cling to? What do we hold on to? Is it the world and the things of the world, or is it Jesus Christ? And if you look at our attitudes, if our attitude is one that's not happy, then probably we're clinging to the things of the world. Because the blessed are, the be happy attitudes will show us that we're clinging to Jesus Christ. We're clinging to the solid rock. So, do we live in this world as if this world is our home? Or do we live in this world as if we're just passing through? Our world, our time, our existence is forever. And our home is with Jesus Christ, not here. You get it? You got it? Good. <laughs>